Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! You are great. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. Classic movies, Pat. We love classic movies, We John. do like classic movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're looking at some classic airplanes there. I am. Uh, our, my good friend, our good friend, Jim Garbrack, has mm-hmm. a uh, subscription to Flight Journal magazine. Mm-hmm. And I admit, I like airplanes. Yeah. Especially old warbirds and all that kind of stuff. So Don't I'm you just like anything with an engine? Yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> okay. You know, pretty much. Okay. Gliders are cool, too. Okay. Not as cool as airplanes. Did you like a Land Rover in this movie? Yeah. Okay. Land Rover was kind of cool. Oh, kind of figured. That was kind of funny when she... Uh, when she uh, um, Sat down, he's like, okay, here's this, here's two-wheel mm-hmm. drive, here's where you make the four-wheel drive, mm-hmm. here's the four-wheel high, here's four-wheel low. And I've got a passing knowledge of that because I've, mm-hmm. I've driven a four-by-four four before. Yeah. I have less than a passing knowledge, so I'm just sitting there going, good for her. But the funny <laughs> the funny thing is, like the first time I got that, mm-hmm. it was almost like the same tutorial. Okay, here's four-wheel high, here's four-wheel yeah. low, you're not going to use that, just use this. And that was kind of how we ended up just there, nice. and that's, that's like, how they... Stay in second. Yeah, right? just stay in, exactly. <laughs> so anyways, yep, nice. know the feeling there. So anything with an engine. Yeah. Exciting. All right. Uh, so this is episode number 198 of the podcast. 198. 198. That means um, I got to get I got to get moving here on the. We set up our document for our notes. Yeah, you're the only one that's put anything in. So far, I know. So I've like I gotta, modified various uh-huh, parts of it. I know. I got to I got to get to work here. So how's Harry Potter? Yeah. Uh, it's pretty good so far. Darn tootin'. Yeah. Book three. We're in book three. We just finished chapter four of book three. What's so he just ran away. Spoilers for anybody who's not okay. Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Right. If you're if you're in the same boat I was in and you haven't don't started reading watch Harry Potter, the movies. Don't watch the movies yet. Read the books. Yeah. According to Pat. Okay. Um, Enough time to turn down your microphone. I, I am now not a failure as an English teacher. Now right. that I've started reading them, uh, we are just at the part where he inflated Aunt Marge and yes. had to, and had to leave the house. Yes. And they now yes. he's like living in Diagon Alley and yes. Yeah. yeah. So we're there right now. Has I'm trying to think. He inflated nightmares. Mm-hmm. Has the night bus come up? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he just got introduced to the night bus like okay. the chapter before and yeah. 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 Cool stuff. So yeah. So that's kind of where we're at now. I like how each book progressively like opens with so far mm-hmm. is opening with an interaction between him and his uh, parents, foster parents, aunt and well, uncle, that's I should what I, say. And, and I'm teaching a summer school class on writing, and so I was using that as an example with my kids in my writing class. I was like, you know, even if you have a situation where your characters end up in the same spot that they began, because in each of those books, he ends up, you know, you start the book where he's mm-hmm. in England, in the muggle world, and he's with his family, the Dursleys, and, and you know, you go through this entire adventure, and at the end of every book, he's back with them again. Mm-hmm. And at the start of every book, he's back with them again. And at the end of the next book, he's back with them again. And it, so far, oh, so far, I don't tell oh, anything. John, I'm, not, so I'm not even, you know... I'm just so excited for you, John. I'm so excited for you. So, so I told my writing kids, I'm like, you know what? But the difference is, is that in in what I've read so far, is that every time that happens, when he goes back there, there's still something a little bit different. Like mm-hmm. he's changed. He's not the same person he was mm-hmm. when he was there before. And that the point I was trying to get across to the kids was, 
as long as your characters keep moving forward in your story, then that's a good story. Mm -hmm. If your characters ever have to go back to what they were doing before, then you have to, in some way, you need to make sure that that's that they're not the same person that they were when you first did that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, basically, as long as the characters yeah. don't regress and they don't go backwards. But I use that as an example to say, even though he does go back to them each time, it, there's something different about it. He's different, mm -hmm. at least, as a character. So. And he thought he saw the Grim, right? He thought he saw some kind of a... a it's like a dog, beast thing, beast a dog, thing, like thing, right? Isn't it that one? Like red eyes. Uh, see, I still yeah. need to reuse mm -hmm. it, so... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we haven't figured out what that is yet, so... The beast. And we had to take a little bit of a break, and not because of Harry Potter, but my daughter Nora was having some, like, really horrible nightmares. That probably didn't help. A couple nights in a row, so I was like, let's take a break from Harry Potter. And, and these books, I think, do the... I call it doing the Pixar, where mm -hmm. it's, like, awesome for adults and mm -hmm. for kids, and right. adult themes. I'm going to stop talking, but yeah. just <laughs> next next time... You're just going to tell me everything. No, I, yeah. Yeah. So if I don't That's think I, I, Yeah. No, just, you, haven't, you haven't told me anything yet. I think we're okay. Yeah. Yeah. You want to. Oh, you know what? I want to talk about it, but I don't uh -huh. want to tell you because yeah. it's written so well. Mm -hmm. All right. You know what we should have done? We should have done a podcast where someone who's read all the books and seen all the movies talks to someone who's just now going through them. Yeah. We could have totally done a podcast on that. It would be like... The Harry, Harry podcast. It would be like a Harry podcast. Well, well that's kind of leading <laughs> into kind today. Of, kind of what we're doing anyway. I Well, but it would be like one person going, you know, I think I like, and the other person going, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> but just wait till you get... Sort of like, um, and I still need to see it when it comes mm -hmm. out on DVD, but Ready Player One. Yeah. When you're like, oh, Pat, you know what? Oh, oh, yeah. and I'm like, I know. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, one of the, one of the kids in my class, uh, in my summer school class, said I heard them talking to one of the other kids. And they're like, "I just started reading this Ready Player One book. Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty good so far. Have you guys read it?" And I'm like, uh, the student doesn't really talk like that. Yeah, I'm just distinguishing between this, right. my voice and keeping um, it anonymous. Correct, correct. And um, yeah, so I'm sitting there going, "Oh, you did, where are you in the book? Like, have you finished the book?" What about the 80s references? Like, you are, you're like 12 years old. Do you, are you getting the 80s references? Yeah. Are you, they're like, well, my dad's kind of helping me out with some of those, but, you know, I don't know a lot of 80s stuff, but I know some of the movies that they're talking about, right. so I think I'm getting most of it. I'm like, okay, and have you seen the movie? They're like, no, I haven't seen the movie. I'm like, okay, you get, finish the book, and then when you see the movie, I won't be teaching your class anymore, but you need to somehow come find me and let me know what you thought and, like, which one cool. was better in it, so, yeah. Cool. It's kind of along those lines. Yes, it is. Yeah. All right. Well, good. I'm glad Harry Potter's going well. Yeah. So, going very well. Fun stuff. Well. Uh, all right. Want we'll to talk some movies? Let's talk about some movies. Let's talk some movies. I don't think there was any new movie news stuff. I mean, San Diego Comic-Con was, was yeah. like a week ago now at this point, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So, there was a lot of big stuff with that. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of little stuff that came out of Comic-Con that I didn't talk about. And I don't know that we're going to take a whole lot of time to talk about now, but there were other announcements other than just Marvel and DC. There were a bunch of other like smaller mm -hmm. comic book companies that were going to be putting out TV shows and things like that. Um, the uh, the one thing I was going to ask you is, are there any, I know we talk about this sometimes, are there any like movies or TV shows that, you know, it's summertime, maybe we've got a little bit more time on our hands to like watch some stuff. Is there anything on like Netflix or Hulu or... Amazon or any of those that you're watching that, well, I make sure that you're having to do, fun with? I well see I like Arrow and Flash. Yeah. yeah. And I make sure to get through those mm -hmm. when those you know those things came up. Um I gotta be honest with you, I kinda blast from the past. I never watched NYPD Blue. Okay. So I kind of have been working my way through that. Oh, you went, you I'm through being that more careful with it. Mm -hmm. Uh just I'm not gonna binge like all fifteen or twelve seasons or whatever. Right. I'm gonna watch some, go watch other stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and then go back. Um 
you know, that's it. I, that's pretty much it. Like, All nothing right. else. What I have to do, though, is I know, like, one of the weeks, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about, man, aren't there any new creative ideas? And mm -hmm. where's the... What I need to really do is break out of my shell. I always go on Netflix and look for something I know. Mm -hmm. And what I need to explore more of are, the, like, the Netflix or the Amazon original series. Right, yeah. I need to get into The Expanse. I've been recommended to me. But just okay. sometimes yeah. they'll send me an email. Netflix recommends this show. Mm -hmm. And it's like it's a Netflix original. I'm like... I don't know. And it's mm -hmm. like, well, those are the very things I'm pining for. I right. need to go check those there's, out. There's some good stuff, yeah. And then the only other thing I was going to say was in reviewing those trailers, I was listening to our podcast when yeah. we were going through those trailers. It's just amazing to me that now TV shows are being... Uh, they have trailers for a TV show, right. much like a movie. Right. And in fact, some of them, I was, I was on a podcast. I'm like, now when this show comes out, and you're like, well, that's a movie. Oh, that one's a movie. Yeah. And, and what's interesting is, like, you take that, and I think it just goes back to that thing. You have all 20 episodes, or however many they release, sometimes much less, all geared towards the same mm -hmm. thing. TV shows are really becoming, like, ginormous 15, 20-part movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it all gears towards the same... It, it, it's, it just, it's a very deep look at, at one plot mm -hmm. point. Whereas I'm watching this old show, NYPD Blue... And it's interesting because something really heavy will come up, like some topic will come up, and by the end of the show, it's resolved or it's not, but the next show, they're on to something completely different. Right. And you might get something that mm -hmm. comes up like a few episodes later. It's like, you know, with the scenes from the last. Remember when that happened. Yeah. Remember when that happened, but that's not even like a major plot point. Right. It's just like they reference it and then they move on. Mm -hmm. And so in some ways, it's kind of like... It's just a different way that you write a television show. Mm -hmm. It's it's like they're on something and they're off and they're on a new new topic. Mm -hmm. Whereas now shows are like they latch on to something and they go. Yeah. You know, neither's yeah. right or wrong. It's sure. just a different way they make shows. Yeah. So that was yeah. well, and and kind of along those lines, like the shows I've been watching lately have all been time travel shows. Okay. And I'm a big fan of time travel. Yeah. And um and and that one of the examples is um my sister has gotten Hulu. Okay. She got it so that she could we could she got it and then shared it with us so that we mm -hmm. could watch The Handmaid's Tale. Right. If you've seen that one or not, but I've heard of it, but very good. Yeah. Um but then she was like I've still got Hulu for a few weeks. Like I'm I'm going to cancel it, you know, for for the time being. I'll pick it up again when this comes back in the in next year. Mm -hmm. Um but I'm going to cancel it mid-August. So if you guys want to watch anything from this point on, go for it. And so I'm like, well, Let's take a look and see. Like, there's probably some stuff I've missed that I'd like to catch up on. And uh, one of them was um, Twelve Monkeys, okay, the TV series. Yeah, I, I always loved that movie. Yeah, and I was like, when I heard there was a TV series a few years ago, I was like, well, that's really cool. It's on mm -hmm. Sci-Fi Channel. I don't have cable anymore, right? So can't easily get Sci-Fi stuff. Um, so I've been watching through that. I'm in, I think, the second season now. It's pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, it has. It's gone beyond the the kind of the, the topic of the movie, okay. the plot of the movie. Did you ever watch I did. the original one? Okay. I did, yeah. So where they're dealing with, like, there was a plague that destroyed exactly. most of mankind, exactly. and they're yep. sending Bruce Willis back to try to fix it. And, right, right. And uh, crazy Brad Pitt, you know, was in the insane asylum right, and, right, and all that stuff. Right, right, um, So that was kind of like season one. Season two, and, and I was thinking, are they going to do this? Like, I, I can see on here there's four seasons. Mm -hmm. And I think they ended it after four seasons. And I was like, are they going to do four seasons of trying to stop this this plague? Mm-hmm. Because that's going to be kind of long and drawn yeah. out. No, it was pretty much first season and now second season. Things have gotten totally crazy. Okay, they've really played with the time travel stuff and how time works, and and now they're kind of messing with time. Okay, as opposed to worrying about a plague. Okay, kind of thing. So it's been really good. It's been yeah. a really good show. And I had a couple other people who were like, "Oh, you gotta 
you know, I, I think I put a list out of, here are some things I'm thinking of watching. And some people are like, 12 Monkeys. you got to watch 12 mm -hmm. Monkeys. It's really good. So that's been a good one. But the example of something that was going to be a movie that actually got turned into one of these original series was the 112263. Have you seen that one? Mm -hmm. It's a Stephen King. It was a Stephen King novel that he wrote, I think, just a few years ago. Okay. And it's about, um, it was going to be a movie, but they... Uh, for some reason, the, the production didn't get going or couldn't get going, and so they said, you know what, actually, we're going to switch. We're going to switch this over into a Hulu original series, and it's going to be like a, I think it was like an eight-part thing. Mm -hmm. So they were able to stretch it out and, and fill in more of the plot and characters and things like that. Um, so it's just one season. I think it was about eight episodes, and it's James Franco is the main character, okay. and obviously the, the book was written by Stephen King. And the idea is that uh, there is this portal, this time portal, that's in the back pantry of this old, like, 1950s, 1960s diner. Mm -hmm. um, and the owner has discovered that if you step through that portal, you end up in, um, like, October of 1960. Okay. And so every time he steps through, it's always, no matter when he goes through, it's always the same day or time, October 1960. Uh -huh. And then if you stay there, you just keep going. And so he he walks in there, and he comes back out, and it's only been a couple of minutes. And James Franco is sitting there, and, and he's like, you know, I, he's, now all of a sudden the guy looks like a few years older, and he's all sick, and, and he's like, I tried. I couldn't do it, but I tried. Um, he was going back to try to stop the assassination of Kennedy. Mm -hmm. And so then you kind of, the story moves forward where then James Franco, he kind of pushes him to go do it. He's like, I, I need you to, I can't do it anymore. Like, I need you to go do this. You got to, it's going to drop you into 1960. You got to spend the next three years figuring out, you know, was it really Lee Harvey Oswald that killed him? Did he work alone? Did he like what was the going through the whole conspiracy stuff? Okay. Um, but then the tricky thing is time doesn't want to be changed. So like, there's all these freaky things that keep happening every time he tries to change something, either major or minor. Time always kind of pushes back, mm -hmm. and, and you know, so he tries to he end, he ends up seeing somebody that he knows, you know, in 2016. He sees them as a, as a small child in 1960, and he knows that something horrible happened to that person as a child. So he's like, well, I'm going to try to fix it. So he tried to fix it. Things still went okay. bad. Like, okay. things still didn't work out well okay. in that situation. So no matter what he tries to do, time is always pushing back yeah. in some way. Um, I won't say any more than that in case you go check it out. But right. they, they kind of mess with, mess with some of the time stuff a little cool. bit. Did it. So if you like any of that, like, the history of Kennedy and the assassination and conspiracy theory, theory stuff and time travel and, and all that. It was a good that's show. Cool. It was a fun show. So That's cool. That's a good one. And Stephen King, if you like Stephen King. Yeah. It's a good Stephen King story. Cool. Um, yeah, that's I, that's all I got. I don't think there's a whole lot of new movie stuff The now. only thing I was going to say, and yeah. the only reason I read it was on a mainstream website, mm -hmm. but I heard that Luke's, uh, Mark Hamill sent something out that they're starting to film the next Star Wars movie. Yes. And he put a message out that just said, you know, how he's going to miss Carrie Fisher and that it's mm -hmm. bittersweet starting another Star Wars chapter, but yeah. not with her. And right. I'm just like, well, that's, you know, I, I just, just touching. And I could imagine if you've worked with someone, you mm -hmm. think, well, they first did it, what, 40 years, 40 years ago? ago. 40 yeah. years ago. And now, yeah. yeah. So anyways, yeah. just exciting to see how that all goes. And they did say that they are going to, I don't know how it's going to work in it, but they are going to have some scenes with 
General Leia mm -hmm. in the new movie. Yeah. So they said they're going to go back and they're going to use some unused footage from, I think, The Force Awakens. Okay. And maybe The Last Jedi. Okay. Um, and they're going to put that in there and that somehow they're going to incorporate that so that yeah. she will be in the movie, but I don't think she'll probably be in the movie for very long. Yeah. Is my guess. Um, did you hear the other news about who's coming back for uh, Episode Nine? Well, obviously Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill's coming back, yeah. I didn't hear anything else. Hello, what have we here? That's awesome. You were <laughs> so back. Lando's coming back. Yeah. Lando's, I think he's, what is he, is he like, he's probably in his 80s Yeah, now. something like that. So he's up there. But they but, said he uh, was like working out and in Billy, shape. Billy and, D. Williams, yeah. yeah, he's coming back. So he's, apparently he, he was, cool. I don't know if they talked to him about coming back for the other movies. Or at least like Last Jedi or something like that, and, and I, I don't think he was in shape. I think he just was like I I need to yeah I need to get ready. Like I'd yeah. like to, but I need to get ready for this. So now apparently he's ready, and they're gonna yeah. bring him back. So so Lando's fun. Lando's that'll back. be that'll it's be very fun. Swindle the first order out of something. Yeah, that sounds mm -hmm. that sounds pretty cool. So so I'm looking forward to that. All right, uh, should we talk about some gorillas? Let's talk about gorillas. A couple of a couple of hairy guys talking about hairy guys. Gorillas in the mist, John. Gorillas we in the mist. Are misty gorillas. We misty gorillas. Misty eyes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, I had a comment that was related to something that was on the front of the uh, magazine. That you yeah, had there, but, yeah. You know, I'll leave that there. Yeah, we'll mm -hmm. we'll leave that in case there. I ever want to direct a Guardians of the Galaxy. That would make sense. <laughs> uh huh. Um, all right, so we spoil all the movies that we talk about. So um, we're going to spoil Gorillas in the Mist because yes, that's our are. that's our movie for today. Uh, so if you don't want to know what happens to Sigourney Weaver in this movie, then maybe pause, go watch the movie, come on back, take a listen. Uh, that's what's going on there. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes if you haven't already. If you're enjoying what you're hearing in the show, leave us a review. Let us know. Uh, if you give us five stars, we'll be fine with that. I don't, I don't think we're we're okay. not going to let it go to our heads. not going to complain about no, it. No, I, I wouldn't complain either. I no, would be totally I would, fine with that. It would, not change, it would not make me change anything in my life other than just feeling glad that we're making people happy. Correct. You that, know? That's all we're I'm not going to start going around no. changing my opinions. And, no. Is that a purple Coca-Cola can? Yeah, it is. Okay, I'm just checking. Sorry, I, well, that was because, com completely and, random. And now, now, now that you've you've caught me in in my cheating here. Oh. Um, as as I am somewhat diabetic, like not completely, but okay. somewhat diabetic, I'm not supposed to be drinking this. Okay. But I really was like, I just I gotta have something this morning. I gotta have yeah. something with caffeine, and I, I went to the machine and I I picked everything that was in the machine. Yeah. And it was like sold out, sold out, sold out. Yeah. The only thing was cherry coke. And I was okay. Like, well. Then that's fate telling me that I should have a cherry you coke this morning. Yeah, you know, that's not, good. not that I always believe in that, but you know, exactly. Well, but it got me, it got me a cherry coke. So I was just gonna say, totally fine. It the purple can threw me off, and yeah, five it was, stars. It's mm -hmm. not gonna, it's not. Gonna yeah, happen. no, no. The, the purple can doesn't care if you give us five stars either. It doesn't. Yeah. I think we're good. We're good okay. with that. We're all, all right. good with that. We're, we're all fine here. We're all fine here. How are you? We're good. I thought yeah. we were in trouble there. A large leak, very dangerous. Everything. No. Everything's okay. All right. Um, to lock it down. It's, it does actually. All right. So the movie on this one is Gorillas in the Mist: The Story of Diane Fossey. Mm -hmm. Came out on the seventh of October, nineteen eighty-eight. Uh, it was rated PG thirteen with a runtime of two hours and nine minutes. Directed by Michael Apted, who did uh, Coal Miner's Daughter and Nell. Uh, producers were Terrence A. Clegg, who did Out of Africa and Chaplin. Uh, Arnie Glimcher, who did Legal Eagles and Just Cause. Writers for this one, uh, Harold T.P. Hayes wrote the article that this was kind of based off of. Uh, this is his only movie credit. Diane Fossey, the work and research that she did. Uh, she also did, I think she directed an episode of the documentary The World Around Us. It was an episode on gorillas, uh, obviously. 
Anne Hamilton, Anna Hamilton Phelan did the story and screenplay. She also did Mask, not the Jim Carrey one, but the one that mm -hmm. was earlier in the 80s, and a movie called In Love and War. Okay. And Tab Murphy did the uh, screenplays for the Disney's Hunchback of Notre Dame and Tarzan. Cinematography was done by John Seal, who's done a lot of the stuff that we've seen lately. He's done uh, Rain Man, The Mosquito Coast. He also mm -hmm. did The English Patient. Okay. Music was by Maurice Jarre, who died in 2009, uh, who also did Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, mm -hmm. uh, Enemy Mine, The Mosquito Coast, and Dead Poets Society. And the, you know what? I completely forgot to write down how much money this movie made. So I'm going to look that up really fast because we have the magic of the internet. To we help us out. The so the internet is helping us out here. There we go. Budget is $22 million on this one. And the box office was $61.1 Oh, so, good for them. Made a little bit of money. Cool movie, yeah. Um, so this one starring Sigourney Weaver, Diane Fossey. She was in the Ghostbusters movies, the Alien movies, and Dave. Brian Brown uh, was Bob Campbell, who we just saw in Cocktail. Yeah, it was, um, it was nice seeing him in a role I that... I feel like this was a better, yeah, little I mean, better role for him. With, with, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he he didn't quote any of Coglin's rules, so I, I kind of felt. Say, uh, I, I mean, it's it's very I, it's very much for me to. I mean, I'm not an actor on anybody's mm -hmm. list, but it's like it was nice to see him actually kind of like seemingly to care about a role as mm -hmm. opposed to just kind of getting a paycheck. Mm -hmm. and all that kind Phoning of, yeah. it in, as you said last time. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, Julie Harris, who died in 2013, played Roz Carr. She was in East of Eden and Knott's Landing. John O'Myra Milui Milui. I'm probably going to say that wrong. Is it M-I-L... M-I-L-U-W-I. Mm. Malui? Interesting. I'm going to go with that. Uh, played Sembagari. He was... This is his only movie credit. Uh, Ian Cuthbertson, who died in 2009, played Dr. Lewis Leakey. He was in Danger UXB and Doctor Who. A lot of cool names in this. All yeah. I'm going to say is on this list and the thing you were reading before about this one, just really cool names. Fun names. Yeah. Hard to pronounce sometimes, but cool names. The fun ones usually mm -hmm. are. And two Ians in this movie spelled I-A-I-N. The Ian Cuthbertson that wow. I just read. And Ian Glenn, who played wow. Brendan, one of the research assistants. Yeah. Do you know who he was? I kept looking at him going, that guy's really familiar. He was one of the three research uh, yeah. students that came yeah. in towards the end of the movie. Um, he is, um, oh my God, now I'm going to blank out on his name. Um, Game of Thrones. That would be why I haven't seen. Oh, you haven't seen yeah, Game I of Thrones? Don't, yeah, okay. I don't. Okay. All right. Well then. But he's in Game of Thrones. Then forget it. Forget <laughs> it. Well, fine. <laughs> then my comment means nothing to you. Um, we had uh, Konstantin Alex Alexandrov. See that one I could have said, but yeah. the voice didn't work. Right. Uh, played Claude Van Vieten. He was in The Big Blue and Le Dernier Combat. Uh, Wegwa Wachira played Mukara. He was in the movie Cheetah, Disney's Cheetah. Uh, and then Ian Glenn, I already said, he was in Tomb Raider and Game of Thrones. Uh, David Lansbury played Larry. He was in Scent of a Woman, Hua, and the TV series Oz. Mm -hmm. And then Maggie O'Neill played Kim. She was in The Storyteller, Greek Myths, and EastEnders. Critical reception for this one, 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hal Hinson of the Washington Post uh, had a couple things to say about this movie. He said, uh, quote, At last, Sigourney Weaver may have found a part to cut her scale. Uh, found a part cut to her scale. <clears throat> it's a great role for her to pour herself into, and she doesn't skimp. Um, but he also said that he felt like, and we can talk about this a little bit later, that the character of Diane Fossey in this movie was way too sanitized. Like, she was much more intense in real life than she shows up as being in this movie. And so he said, uh, Gorillas in the Mist isn't a terrible film, but it is a frustrating one because of that. I guess he wanted to see more of what the real Diane Fossey, like, I guess she was much more of a controversial figure. And, like, even the stuff that she does 
like burning people's houses and and you know tying the kid up and things like that. Yeah. She did way more intense stuff in real life that they yeah. were like, you know, it would have been interesting to explore that yeah. side of her more, but well, it's gotta, also a two-hour movie. Yeah, you got to make a blockbuster movie, right. and they do that with any character. You right. try and sanitize it to make them look like the hero, when in reality, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know I know this movie about this person, right. but I'm seeing other movies, you know, whatever you go see, you always read, well, is, there were some other things here. Right. Uh, well, that shows this side of that person, but understand, in reality, they're kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. it. Right. it's a movie. It's a, read the book. Right, so, right. Uh, Roger Ebert of the Sun-Times said, Everything looked equally equally real to me, and the delicacy with which director Michael Apted developed the relationships between woman and beast was deeply absorbing. There were moments when I felt a touch of awe. Those moments, which are genuine, make the movie worth seeing. Uh, the audience, Rotten Tomatoes, gives it a 74%, so a little bit lower, and CinemaScore gives it an A. So if you went, people who went to go see it in the actual theaters, they gave it an A on a scale of A to F. Yeah. Uh, awards for this one, Oscar nominee did not win any Oscars, but it was nominated for Best Actress for Sigourney Weaver, Best Screenplay, Best Sound, Best Editing, Best Music, and it won Golden Globes for Best Actress, Sigourney Weaver, and Best Original Score. Yeah. Wildlife expert Diane Fossey leaves the United States for Africa, where she studies the gorillas of Rwanda and Uganda. As Fossey develops a bond with the animals, she also becomes wary of the poachers who prey on them. Fearing the gorillas will go extinct if humans continue to hunt them, she organizes a defense league to protect the animals. And in doing so, though, she puts herself in a perilous situation. On December 16, 1966, Diane Fossey left a life of comfort and privilege and went alone into the mountains of Africa. Some of them believe a woman living alone up there has to be men. She was determined to make contact with the wild mountain gorillas and save them from extinction. Someone wanted her stopped. In a land of beauty, wonder, and danger, she risked her life. Get down! Don't move! She would follow a dream. You, my beautiful, are becoming a legend. And fall in love. Do you think I'm weird? Yes, I do, absolutely, without question. I also think you are wonderful. But she would risk it all to save the gorillas in the mist. Are you responsible for kidnapping this animal? Deal of sale, madam. What are you doing? Give my gorillas the protection they're entitled to. Your gorillas. Am I a murderer? Did I do this? This won't stop until those butchers are stopped. Universal Pictures and Warner Brothers present Sigourney Weaver, Brian Brown in the true story of one woman's incredible courage. Gorillas in the Mist. Okay, so for this one, I had been kind of wondering the entire time until I saw in the end credits that Rick Baker, and I think Rick Baker worked on some of the Star Wars movies too, um, with makeup and special effects and things like that. And I had been kind of wondering at different points. I'm like, you know what? I really feel like in some of these scenes, 
they have to have used to get the reaction out of the gorillas. Like it almost has to be some kind of a suit. Right. It probably wouldn't have been animatronic at that point because it wouldn't animatronic right. wouldn't have looked real enough. But some of these have got to be actors in a in a gorilla suit. But yeah. then there were certain times that I was like, that can't be. That's not a human actor. Like that can't be. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. Right. Right. And so what I really like, and that's what Ebert was saying in his review of this movie, was what I really liked was I almost couldn't tell the difference. Mm -hmm. The only scene where I think I could tell the difference between the regular gorilla, the actual mm -hmm. gorilla, and maybe a human in a gorilla suit was the scene where the poachers come in and they're trying to grab, um, they're trying to grab one of the other gorillas to take back to uh, to a zoo in Germany or somewhere um, and that's the that's the time where digit the silverback gorilla gets killed mm -hmm. um, but there's the scene where just as the poachers start to attack digit the male gorilla mm -hmm. looks at um, is it Maggie is that the female gorilla's name the one that was pregnant with with I think she's pregnant yeah, with twins or something. or something. He like there's a moment where like he looks at her, the gorilla looks at the female gorilla, and like she looks at him, and then she starts running. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's the only point in this movie where I'm looking at that and going, that's a human reaction. Yeah. I don't feel like that's an animal reaction. That's the only time yeah. where I looked at that and I was like, I think that's an actor in yeah. a in a gorilla suit. Otherwise, the I think the great thing about this movie is, and I and I know that they did say they shot. Um, scenes with real gorillas as much as they could, and then in the times where they just couldn't get right. what, what they needed with an actual gorilla, um, then they you know, yeah. used an actor in a suit. Um, so that part I thought was really good. Like that I couldn't tell the difference was great. Um, they did say in here, uh, there's, there was not a whole lot of behind the scenes stuff about this movie. One of the things though was. Um, because the gorilla suit that they made was so realistic, like they had, they, they had put extenders mm -hmm. in the forearms, so you know it had this had the length of arms that you needed yeah. for a gorilla and all that. And um, there apparently was one point where the actor in the gorilla suit got in the suit, and they were about to film a scene, and he was kind of practicing, you know, like moving around like a gorilla would and all that. And it was a scene where one of the gorillas had to charge. At somebody, mm -hmm. and so he decided he was going to practice the charge. Mm -hmm. So he started charging at the camera. He crew. got in to be like one of those guys where they are in character, right? You know, like the guy he started that played a full yeah. costume. He yeah. charged at the camera crew, and apparently a whole bunch of them scattered and ran because yeah. they thought it was a real gorilla. Yeah, because they didn't know he was already in suit. And so that's a testament to how good your gorilla suit is. Yeah. If your camera crew is like, holy, right. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So um, even the guy yeah. in the gorilla suit needed to go. What do they call it? Right. Immersion acting or. Christian Bale does it. The guy that was method uh, acting. Method acting. Yeah, yeah where mm -hmm. you become that character. Right. right. Yeah. The, and you the, like stay in that character all the time. And like Heath, Heath Ledger, I think did that with the Joker. Yeah. And, yeah. Tammy, I hate to say it, they need me to play a gorilla. I'm gonna have to be a gorilla for the next two months. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just... Well, you don't need the suit. Yeah, I was you, gonna say. You got, I mean, you got enough fur on the arms. It's, and, uh, it's right there. Just hand me bananas. <laughs> uh -huh. and... That's fine. All right. Um, so, so yeah, so this was, um, had cool. you seen this movie before? No, I didn't okay. really, like, I didn't know anything about it. Okay. And this is one that, uh, um, I, like, some of them I'll, like, look up, like, just to mm -hmm. see what it's about or watch a trailer and all yeah. that. Um, this one I didn't, and I'm just going to, like, okay, I'll hit play, but when it pops up on the, uh, when it pops up, you know, you'll see a couple of, mm -hmm. see, like, seen, and I, I saw Sigourney Weaver holding a gorilla, and I'm just like, 
okay, this is probably about a human working with gorillas mm -hmm. or something. And, but that's all I knew. Yeah. So, yeah, really cool movie. Mm -hmm. And they said in one of the, the things uh, about it being very realistic, and all, it almost struck me sort of like a master and commander where it could mm -hmm. almost be a documentary in terms of mm -hmm. some... It wasn't clearly a documentary, but it almost right. had those overtones where it was like you're just watching a day-to-day. -day. This movie kind of struck me the same. I don't take it to be a documentary, I don't, but it's like right. some of the scenes were just kind of a... Just this is what it's like for this person to go out and study these animals. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had seen... I feel like I had seen this movie years and years and years ago. Like, not as a kid, but maybe maybe high school, mm -hmm. maybe sometime around that. I don't know why I would have picked to watch it. It, you know, maybe just knowing that it's a movie that's critically acclaimed and I had heard about it a lot. I, maybe it was a movie that my parents watched one time and I was just yeah. watching it with them or I, whatever. I don't know what it was, but, um, you know, this is one of those that I, I would see all the time, like the cover. Yeah. I know the cover of the VHS or the DVD. Okay. Is, I've, okay. I'd see that at the video store, and that's one you see all over the place. But um, I know I had watched it before, but I don't remember if it was all the way through from beginning to end. So I knew bits and pieces mm -hmm. of this movie. Um, what I was kind of embarrassed by is when I, because I usually feel like I have a pretty good grasp on, you know, what I'm watching and, and who the people are, is uh, we were watching this the other night, and... Um, all of a sudden, like 20 minutes of the movie, I turn to my wife and I'm like, I wonder if Diane Fossey is just a fictional name that they're using for Jane Goodall. Because wasn't the ape, wasn't the ape lady Jane Goodall? I, you know what? I know I've heard those names, but it's like mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about yeah. So I was like, well, maybe, maybe this is about Jane Goodall, but they're using the name Diane Fossey as, yeah. as just like a fictional yeah. version of her. And then I looked it up and no, they're totally, they're, both are real, mm -hmm. uh, Diane Fossey. The difference is, I guess, and I think they were all working around about the same time, is that there were three, and I totally cannot pronounce or, or remember the third person's name. Um, I think it was a French name or, or mm -hmm. something. Um, but there were three. They called them the trimates because okay. they were the three people that really worked with primates. Okay. The one whose name I can't remember worked with orangutans. Okay. Jane Goodall worked with chimpanzees. Gotcha. And Diane Fossey worked with gorillas. All so, in country. All, all in other countries, like yeah. out, like actually living with that, doing the kind of stuff we see in this movie. In the movie. But Jane Goodall is the name that I know more like it's the more well-known name i think and gotcha. and so i'm watching this movie and and when it first starts off and, and they start calling her diane and and you know diane fossey and i'm like i thought this was a movie about jane goodall yeah so then i felt kind of dumb and i, I turned to my wife and i'm like isn't jane goodall the ape lady yeah and she's like well i I thought so. I you don't know. the so, movie. What are you talking? Right. <laughs> so, so we're doing the you know we're doing the googling yeah. in the middle yeah. of the movie. You're like, no, actually, they're two people, two totally different okay. people. And I, yeah, right. so cool. Um, so yeah, so for anybody out there that that doesn't know, this is not about Jane Goodall, even right. though I feel like she's maybe the more well known. I think she's still alive. I believe. I, yeah, I, I didn't look that up, but I I think she's still alive. But uh, Diane Fossey, again, spoiler alert, not alive. Yeah. Um. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about about that later, but yeah, no, I I really like this movie. Um, you know, it's not. Um, it can be a very slow movie sometimes, but I think that's fine, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that because I think it's intentionally slow. I think the whole idea of getting out into nature and getting away from yeah. other human society and other human stuff is that, and, and just so amazing that you can see someone sitting amongst a group of gorillas. Right. That you, they could have had scenes of Sigourney Weaver sitting among a group of gorillas, just 
interacting with them. Do it. Uh, I probably could have watched that for yeah. a good hour, hour and a half, and would have been totally mesmerized yeah. by all that going on. Um, so I, the fact that some parts of the movie are a little slower, I think, is intentional, and I think is good. Yeah, I think you have to have that. Well, yeah, it doesn't need to be sped up. It, exactly, and it's not being written for. It's not being written for a modern need for action audience, right? It's it's not, and it, it seems to be. Now I don't know how biographical it is. I mean, I'm sure there was some uh, condensing of stories and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But again, you're not gonna. You know, how much are you gonna fabricate for a? This story needs to follow the Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You know, of okay, well, this is the rising action. Here's the big battle and happy ending or right. sad ending. Right. As opposed to, hey, we're just trying to tell a story about this character, and that's kind of what you get in in this is that it, when it when it does take that on, sure, it might seem a little bit slow moving, but the purpose of the movie is to tell the story about this character, mm-hmm. and so the points of action, the points of tension in the film, I think they're just trying to show you. Examples of what they dealt with, what um, Diane Fossey dealt with in her career. Now, right. maybe, you know, things probably didn't happen just like that, but you only have two hours. So, right. okay, they had to deal with the different tribes that were living there and poaching the uh, uh, the animals. Okay, so she had to deal with that. Okay, she had to deal with the big businesses coming in and, you know, paying the poachers. She had to deal mm-hmm. with that. Okay, yeah. she had to deal with the rigors of living out in uh, uh, the jungle. Okay, they... You know, they'll, they'll show you these things, uh, these different parts of her life, and they're dramatic in mm-hmm. and of themselves, but it's not like they're going to use that and fabricate some story. Right. Well, and, and they did that really well. Like you were saying, they did that really well. The whole idea of she gets there and she can barely climb up the mountain. Like mm-hmm. she's, and they keep telling her, you know, we can stop. You know, we, you don't need to keep doing that. We can, t- yeah. we can take a break. And say no, keep going, keep going. And, yeah. and to go from that to like just a few minutes later in the movie, we've, maybe jumped forward in time a little mm-hmm. bit and she's gotten used to things. She knows the language better, you know, just little bits and pieces like that. You know, they don't need to, they don't need to constantly put something up on the screen that says, you know, two weeks later or right. 72 hours later or whatever it might be. You see her get more comfortable with the language. You see her get more comfortable around the people that are working with her, the trackers and the other stuff with Sembagare, with the, the environment that she's in and um, you know, that part, there was a passage of time there that I think they did really, really well. Yes. And I think that, I think in particular when you do get to the action pieces in this movie, that the fact that you've had some very slow, very very kind of awe-inspiring, very sweet moments with the gorillas, and then all of a sudden, boom, you've got scenes with the poachers. You've got mm-hmm. I, I think that those scenes were even more tense because this isn't an action movie. You don't have tons of action. You don't have tons of, you know, that type of stuff in this movie. But you've got moments of a lot of tension. And I think yeah. a lot of this movie was, I, I did feel like, especially the first time she's with the gorillas, it's very tense. It's like, well, you don't know what these gorillas are going to do. Sure, she's... She's doing what she knows how to do, you know, having worked with, you know, she talks about having worked with children with special needs and knowing how to communicate with, you know, people or beings that Mm -hmm. don't necessarily communicate the same way or or don't want to be around other people or whatever it might be. And you see her using it, but it's still very tense. And then you get to the moments where you've got the poachers and it's, 
it's there may not be a lot of action in it. I think particularly that scene where they accidentally stumble upon the graveyard. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of action in that scene, but it's a really tense scene. Like yeah. he's, you know, he wants to touch her hair, and and they've all got the machetes and their you know spears and everything else, and they're not a lot happened in that scene. But it was a really tense scene. It was like, are they gonna? I don't think they're gonna kill her because then it would be a really yeah. short movie. But are they gonna kill? Her tracker? Or are they gonna? Yeah. Like, what are they gonna do here? Are they gonna put some kind of a black magic curse on her? What what's yeah. gonna happen? So, yeah. even though there wasn't a ton of action in the movie, it moments of tension were spread, you know, just enough throughout the movie that it wasn't something that if you're more of like a, an action oriented person, I don't think you're gonna get bored. No, in this movie. And I I think you know if you just want to have an action movie, then you know go watch an action go watch movie. Else, but this yeah. is you know this this told a different type of story, a different story, and one based in reality that, uh, yeah, it was a, a very, it was very interesting, a very compelling story, mm -hmm. I should say, not just mm -hmm. interesting, but it was very compelling. Yeah. Watching her progress through. Yeah. Now, would you have wanted to see, because that was Roger Ebert's point in this, and that as I was reading up a little bit more on it, um, she was a way more intense person. The real Diane Fossey was a way more intense person. They, they talk about... The people, when she was killed, because at the end of the movie she was brut they brutally murdered. Did they find her, like... Well, I thought I, read, I thought I read something when I was reading up on this in the last couple of days. I thought I read something that they think they might know who did it. I don't know for certain if they do. Um, I, originally, I guess, they found another American mm -hmm. researcher, and the Rwandan government said that he did it. Mm -hmm. Like, they had a trial. They had a real fast trial, and I think they executed the guy. And they're like, yep, he did it. And then that was the end of that. But people were still like, no, I don't think that's who. The problem was because she was so intense and because she got so... Apparently, as her life went on, she got very racist towards all of the Africans around her. Mm -hmm. um, you know, she kind of was separating from humanity. She blamed mostly the Africans. Mm -hmm. And so she was saying a lot of racist stuff about Africans, you know, uh, protecting the gorillas but saying a lot of things about the Africans yeah. that lived around the gorillas that were not, you know, very kind or acceptable or, or whatever. Um, she, this little army that she tried to build up of anti-poachers, mm -hmm. um, you know, she, I guess, would capture some of the poachers, and one of the things said that she would uh, beat them in the genitals with the nettles mm -hmm. that they had, and, mm -hmm. and she'd burn their houses, and she'd, like, tie up their children, and I, like, all this yeah. other stuff that she would do and she started to drink a whole lot more, mm -hmm. um, you know, as, as time went on. And, and so a lot of the things that I read said, they don't really know who killed her, but she had, a plan but it could have been anybody. Like it could have been, she, the people that, that worked with her, like those students that came to work with her, they said that she was way worse in real life than she was in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, she like abused her students, the research assistants, the trackers that were with her, Government officials she worked with, the poachers, the mm -hmm. families, the everybody but the gorillas. They yeah. said she was horrible to everyone. I could see that, you know. And so when they said, "Well, she's been brutally murdered," like a whole bunch of people, I guess, were like, "Cause seen that come. doesn't come as a surprise." Yeah. And yeah. when they were like, "Well, who do you think did it?" I got a list as long as both of my arms put together, and, yeah. and three or four more people's after that. That it could have been any of those. So. Was the love interest? 
photographer you guy. Know what? I, I tried to look that up, and I couldn't find anything that said that that actually happened. And then that one tracker that stuck with her through ever, was that right. fabricated, I wonder? He was, was based off of the character of uh, Roz Carr, yeah. that other woman that was living in yeah. Rwanda, I think at the time. Um, I guess she was based off of a kind of like a, a house servant that she had. Um, his character was kind of based off of that. Got so. It. I don't think, I don't know that there was one particular tracker that stuck with her Got the it. entire time, but um, Got it. based on other characters. But yeah. yeah, I couldn't find anything about the the love interest part with the photographer. Yeah. I don't know that that really happened. That might have been a Hollywood thing. Yeah. Well, it, you know, what I want to see, it's unfortunate. I mean, it's fun to have the feel-good movie mm -hmm. that, you know, reinforces the the hero and the or the heroine, I should say, mm -hmm. and oh, uh, you don't actually. I just looked. Oh no, no, I'm looking up. I was about to say I just looked it up and I found that she did fall in love with the photographer. Oh, I'm I'm reading a description of the movie, so I see. Never so, mind. It's, okay, all right, continue. <laughs> uh -huh, continue. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. The uh, something very familiar, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, it's fun seeing the heroine and can do no wrong and all that kind of stuff. Or if they do wrong, you know, it's it's a sanitized thing and they break down in tears and they see the error of their ways and yeah. such. But then in reality, I, th I think the problem with that is is when that reinforces the hero ethos or the mm -hmm. idea that, you know, you, you've got this sterling character and all that kind of stuff. I think almost now, and maybe this is just my, you know, 30 years on from when this movie came out, I think we live in a time where the reality is, okay, there's real people out there and they're, they're all fallible, mm -hmm. you know, and they aren't perfect. They aren't going to be, you know, uh, uh, the hero, like a, like a Captain America or a, uh, an Iron Man or mm -hmm. even them, they're writing with their flaws and all that. But you get right. what I'm saying? I think our right. outlook now is that people are typically flawed. Yeah. Um, and so would I like to see the actual story for a movie? Probably not, mm -hmm. because it's fun to sit back and watch the movie and all. But then in the same token, like if I was watching this with my kids, I think it would be imperative to then say, okay, well, here's the reality, though, behind it. Mm -hmm. Like it would have to come with an asterisk. Because otherwise you watch it and then you think, oh, well, that just must be the way things are. Mm -hmm. And I, I just get a little leery of sanitized history. Right. You know, you can say that a person did a lot of good, but we also have to... We, I think we just have to take our historical figures, warts and all, mm -hmm. you know, um, and that brings up all sorts of things, you know, racism, d uh, drug and alcohol abuse, infidelity, um, you name it. I, I just think that that's important. Mm -hmm. Does that make, does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. from the movie side of it and the kind of movies I like, I like to see the hero that's got all the answers and mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. But I also like to watch fictional movies. Yeah. You know, I like to enjoy that. I think the reality is, you know, kind of like, okay, just give it to me straight. Mm -hmm. Is that... Yeah. 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 Um, I did find there's an article um, that I found from Vanity Fair magazine in 1986, so the year after she died. Okay. But two years before this movie came out. Um, and they have a section in here where they talk about Bob Campbell coming to film her work. And they say in here, um, 
I'll just read part of this paragraph. In 1968, the National Geographic Society, which was sponsoring Diane, sent a photographer named Bob Campbell to film her work. Bob was from Kenya, tall, quiet, kind, a devoted conservationist, and a fine photographer who has accompanied the Duke of Edinburgh on safari. Mm -hmm. A, quote, tenderness developed between them, as one of Diane's friends delicately phrased it, since Bob was married. He spent several months at a time on the mountain with her until 1972. Quote, Bob was perfect for her, a calming influence, the friend recalled. Um, so, it sounds like it's possible that there was some stuff going on right. between them in real life. Right. But, yeah, when you, get, when you get somebody that was just so intense and controversial and... I think you might lose the message of the movie. Mm -hmm. If you go too far into, well, let's show you the nitty-gritty of what this person really, you know, warts and all, right. what this person was like, then I think your movie turns into, what is the purpose of your movie at that point? Is the purpose of your movie to help raise awareness of these gorillas? Is that, you know, to show this person's life, but show the good that she did? Um, mm -hmm. You know, that, that jumps into, like, my favorite quote from Shakespeare is the, the speech from Mark Anthony after Julius Caesar's death, you know, the, the evil that men do lives after them. The good is often turred with their bones. Like, are mm -hmm. we going to focus on the bad? Are we going to focus on the good? And in this case, you're making a movie about this person and you're, you're turning the person into a hero, which in a sense they are, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like you said, they're a hero, but we've got a two hour movie. Is the purpose of this two hour movie to really explore the person or mm -hmm. to really explore what this person did that was phenomenal? Right. Um, you know, and I think I, we've talked about all the stuff going on with, you know, people getting fired for tweets and sexual harassment and, and things like that. And I think that one of the things that I know I've said over and over again, and, and, and I'm not by any stretch of the imagination saying, so anybody who's listening to this, I'm not saying that we shouldn't, you know, handle people who have said things that are inappropriate or done things that are inappropriate. I'm not saying that should just be swept under the rug. But there are times when I look at it and I'm like, you know what, if you dig deep enough into anybody, I feel like there's going to be something, there's going to be something there that you don't like. Mm -hmm. There's going to be something about, you know, not, no one is going to be everyone's cup of tea. Mm -hmm. And so do you focus on the fact that this lady did amazing things to help protect these apes? Or do you really dig into the fact that apparently she was just a complete witch mm -hmm. um, and... and Maybe a, a maybe in some respects a horrible human being. Mm -hmm. um, so, in reading up on her, I'm like, well, I can see why they didn't put that in the movie. Mm -hmm. And my wife, when we were watching this, she's like, yeah, I mean, I was really bothered when she tied up the kid, and like taunted him with a Snickers bar. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, then I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you what this lady did in real life then, because it was way worse mm -hmm. than that. Um, <clears throat> so it just it just kind of sounds like either. Everything that she went through, either just in the mistreatment of the apes and 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 the all that other stuff, either it just broke her heart and her mind to the point where she just snapped. Because mm -hmm. it, it does sound like more and more that she just was losing touch with humanity and yeah. and reality. They they said towards the end of her life, before she was murdered, that sometimes she would spend long stretches of time in her cabin drinking and just ranting and raving about all kinds of stuff and how society was evil and had to protect the apes and, and, and all that, so, you know. Well, being uh, fueling all that stuff with alcohol doesn't help. No, no. And that's, and that's, that's, the, that's, that's the thing where maybe we just have the system right now that maybe it works. 
Maybe it's sort of like the matrix. You can't make it perfect, so we make it as perfect as we can and then add that anomaly in there that you know balances the whole thing. So the movies have to be entertainment, and to tell the stories, we've got to like make it an imperfect movie. But we know that there are people out there, and there's plenty of fact versus fiction and all this kind of stuff that, hey, let's check out the reality on that. Right. Hey, look. I just struggle because then it's, it's, it's just like, from a movie standpoint, that's cool. But then as a society, I think we tend to, I think we tend to believe the movie hmm. or believe the superstar or yeah. believe the, I mean, you know, we, we love celebrity. And so that, that, well, that just must be the way it is. And I think, you know, that's expanded. Like back in the eighties, we didn't have the internet to double check all this stuff at the drop of a hat. Okay, well, let's find out the real story. But the flip side is now we have the internet and sometimes it's just like, well, dude, I saw it on the internet. It's gotta be true. It's gotta be true. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. And I, I've always kind of just had that like, okay, cool, but let's just, I, I, and it's just maybe my, my own flaw that drives other people nuts, but it's like, okay, like how, let's see how accurate this movie really is. Because what does that reinforce? Like, yeah, we don't want to put the warts and all in there because it's going to break away from the movie. But then in the same token, all right, then you risk, you know, kind of mm -hmm. right. whitewashing history. Right. Or, right. you know, didn't necessarily mean that from a racial standpoint. But, right. I mean, that, that's, that's the risk you have when mm -hmm. you look at those, those real characters. You know, we just watched the, um, the, the Churchill movie. It wasn't yeah. Churchill. It was, was Darkest it? Hour, Finest yeah, Hour. Churchill, yeah. Was that Darkest called Churchill? Hour. Darkest Hour, yeah. and it was about Churchill. Yeah. I couldn't remember what the title was. Yep. We just watched that, and it was like, that was a very good depiction of Churchill, and, and there were things, but then when you read about it, it was like, okay, well, you were left with, all right, you know, this is the way, you know, he, he seemed mm -hmm. to really get into character right. for Churchill, but, you know, some of those things they showed, well, they really struggled with mm -hmm. that, and he was an excellent wartime leader, but then as soon as the war was over... Peacetime, not so much. <laughs> yeah, he, it, it didn't quite work. And then suddenly you find out, wow, he was involved in all these things that are just like... Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, we, we just have to be careful putting people up on a pedestal. Yeah. And that's whether we want to put it in the movie or put the asterisk in there or, you know, put the words up, such and such was a controversial figure in their mm -hmm. time. I, I, right. You know... I don't know. I, that's 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 a toss-up for me. Yeah. So. Uh, last comment I'm gonna make before we have to wrap up because sure. I know you and I both we gotta get going. Got things um, to do. Got things to do. People to see. Mm -hmm. um, the the saddest line in the whole movie that I thought had nothing to do with the gorillas or Diane Fossey or any of that. Mm -hmm. It was when they were being when she was being kicked out of the Congo mm -hmm. and being pushed into Rwanda. And one of the characters makes comment, makes some comments, and says, "We're being pushed into Rwanda because there's no civil war there." And I'm watching that. And I'm going, "Well, well, wait a few years. Wait a few years, exactly." <laughs> and even this article, this Vanity Fair article, the person, and it was written in 1986, so it was she died in 85. She was murdered in 85. This person, I guess, went there to go kind of investigate, see if he could find out more about her murder. Um, this article was written in 86. Mm -hmm. um, it's called The Fatal Obsession of Diane Fossey. I'll, I'll put it up on Twitter if anybody wants to see it. Um, but he talks about going to Rwanda and staying in the Mio Coline, the hotel from Hotel Rwanda. Mm -hmm. um, talks about staying there and interviewing people and meeting people there, meeting journalists there, meeting... And I'm like, 86, in a few short years, mm -hmm. <laughs> things are going to go completely wrong 
in that part of the world too. Yeah. So I, that to me, when that line was spoken, I was just like that. That hit me. It didn't have anything to do with this movie. Right. But I'm right. just like you know, there's no civil war there. I'm like, yeah. Give it time. Yeah. Give it time. Yeah. That's probably one of my other favorite movies is Hotel Rwanda. Okay. Have you ever seen that one? I have not seen that. Oh, movie. you, you got to see that one. Okay. It's good. It's good stuff. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for Gorillas in the Mist. You got yeah. anything else you want to say about Gorillas? Not, not, not really. Well, Gorillas, okay. yeah. Okay. Makes, I don't know, that, that brings up that whole thing. Brother from another mother. Right, that's right. Well, it, bring, it, it, it brings up that whole thing of, yeah, well, you know, obviously animals being used in circuses and right. animals being used as playthings for human beings and all that. Yeah, that obviously that's not right, but it makes you wonder about zoos, you know? And, mm -hmm. okay, is this... You know, like the guy said, well, you wouldn't have even known about these animals unless you the, saw it. The in villain, zoo. yeah, the yeah. villain even makes the point. It's like, well, you love animals. Where's right. the first time you saw one? Right. It's like, okay, well, he's, he, it's all bad. Yeah. <laughs> but he kind of has a point. But maybe there's an alternative. Like, maybe there's a better way to do this. Maybe I, exactly. I, I don't and that know. was something that my wife and I were talking about. You know, because yeah. we took the kids to the zoo, and I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know, and it's it's just like is I don't have the information. Is right. this fair? Are we being, uh, are we are we take trying to take something wild and tame it? Right. Are we uh, putting these creatures in captivity? And mm -hmm. you know, and it's like well, yeah, but then a lot of the times the animals that they're bringing in are you know <laughs> victims of a of an oil spill, right? And they're bringing them, they clean them up, and they, they're trying to, they wouldn't survive in the wild, exactly. Okay, yeah, exactly. And I'm uh, yeah. So anyways, that yeah. just got, kind of kick off that whole discussion. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this time. Um, we are going to be back here next week with Tequila Sunrise. Mm -hmm. So you've already kind of hinted at me that mm -hmm. it was not your cup of tea, maybe. Yeah. Not your not your glass of tequila. I, yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you, you feel like you got the worm on that one? Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, just, okay. I just don't think romance movies are my kind of thing. Okay. All right. All right, so uh, next time around, it's going to be episode 199 with Tequila Sunrise, and then episode number 200, our Guilty Pleasure movies. Um, we will, we'll share some more stuff about that, too. So if you want to interact with us, send us any messages. Uh, we've had a few people on Twitter send us some stuff that we might include in that episode or read out loud on the episode. So send us anything if you want. Um, then after that one, coming up over the next few weeks, next month or so, The Accidental Tourist, Dangerous Liaisons, Mystic Pizza, and Heathers. So those will be our next several episodes coming up. So if you want to watch those movies ahead of time, before you get to listening to us, that would be absolutely cool, and we would love to see you back here when we talk about those movies. And feel free to let us know if you've got some feedback on any of those movies, too. So you can do that by going to our website, 30podcast.com. It's got all the different ways that you can get in touch with us, social media, email, uh, voicemail, all that stuff, uh, Facebook, wherever it might be. Uh, we're also on iTunes, Google Play, and all the other places that you might catch your podcasts. So go find us there. Uh, leave us reviews. Let us know what you're liking about the show. Interact with us. We would love to hear from you. So that all being said, thank you, Pat. Thank you, John. We'll see you back here next time. We'll see you then. All right. Uh, be excellent to each other and go watch some really good movies. Bye now.
Hey, life got you down? Are the bills piling up? The in-laws driving you crazy? Do you pine away for a simpler time? Well, take a trip back with us. A time where a single man could save Christmas, go to jail, get scared stupid, and proceed to write again. This is the importance of seeing Ernest podcast, the comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things Ernest P. Worrell, actor Jim Varney's greatest creation. Tune in every month as three friends, and occasionally a guest or two, navigate the silly, playful, and family-friendly waters of Ernest in a not-so-family-friendly way. We have a hell of a time reliving these childhood memories, and we invite you to join us in Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app of choice. Eww.